Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. In my mind, courage is a muscle. So courage is a muscle. So we need to exercise it on a daily basis. And if you don't, certainly when you get to my age, you soften up really, really quickly. And then you stop taking risks. Lewis, how did you actually respond when you first hit that water in the pole? And mm. what was the sensation like on your body, on your skin? Was it just the most intense shock ever? And did did all the did all the preparation with Dave did that work or did you have to go and have another another crack at it? So the preparation really helped, but nothing can prepare you for when you actually arrive there. I mean it's 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 a really terrifying place. So I want you to imagine we've sailed for seven days. We've on a on a on a on a on a Russian ship, we finally arrived at the North Pole, and in front of us a big, large open patch of sea. And that water is completely, completely black. Anyway, we walk down onto the edge of the ice, we look into the water, and it's you realize that this is a, a high consequence environment. If you get it wrong, within the next half an hour, you you won't you won't be alive. Uh and I don't care how brave you are. Uh, you know, when you actually look at that type of water, it's frightening. Anyway, what we did is we laid out flags all the way along the line. So we had 29 people in the team. They came from 10 nations. And so we put one of these flags uh, all the way along. And these were the markers which I had to swim to to, uh, to get to there. Uh, but the Inuit people, so the indigenous people who live high up in the Canadian Arctic and in, and, and in Greenland, they always say that every single person there is an almighty battle taking place in the mind. And it's a battle between uh, two wolves. One is a good wolf and the other one is a bad wolf. And which is a wolf which wins? And the Inuit people say it's a wolf which you feed. And I remember thinking to myself just how, you know, if things do go wrong, this, this dreadful thought came into my mind before I was about to get in. If things do go wrong, um, how long is it going to take for my frozen body to sink all the way to the bottom of the ocean? Which is, which is just the worst possible thought. But I was never able to completely silence that bad wolf. David came on that expedition and was, was obviously crucial in working out how to, how to get your mind ready for something which is so terrifying as swimming across the North Pole. And how do you, David, how do you get Lewis's mind in the right place for doing something like that? To swim... In, in a speedo at minus 1.8 degrees for nearly 20 minutes at the North Pole was extremely life-threatening. So um, I deployed a number of, sort of mental skills, really, and he was a, a great student. He took it all very seriously. Um, one was uh, a, a, a technique or a skill called neuroassociative conditioning, which is based on the work of Pavlov. You'll remember that Pavlov used to bring meat to his dogs, and they would cause them to salivate and he would uh, ring a bell at the same time. And he did this over and over and over again, brought the meat, rang the bell, etc. And the ringing of the bell pretty soon enough induced a state of salivation. That was the trigger or the anchor. 
And I knew that we could, in order for Lewis to swim at the North Pole, he had to be in a highly enhanced state, a, a peak state, if you like. So through a process of neuroassociative conditioning, we installed a number of triggers or anchors, which uh, when fired off, uh, would change Lewis's physiology. And we found that he could actually raise his core body temperature before he even got into the water. We found through this process of conditioning that we were able to use these triggers or anchors to literally change his physiology. And then, of course, I also worked a lot on his beliefs because he needed to be able to see the end result very firmly in his mind eye. And I used a process called envisioning, which is really uh, visualization, but on steroids taking each of the five senses and the, the sub-modalities, as we call them. So, for example, if you visualize something, you can change the intensity of that experience for your nervous system uh, by making it fill up the whole of your mind, making it bright, moving, uh, fully associated, etc. So we did that with each of his five senses until you could see the end result very clearly in his mind's eye. And that process also helped to instill the beliefs in him that he could actually undertake this, this uh, pioneering swim. And then I guess another aspect that we worked with a lot uh, is Lewis's sense of purpose. You know, it's often said that someone with a, uh, a strong enough why can put up with any how. And Lewis has this emotional juice, this, uh, this drive, which comes a lot from his youth. And harnessing or, or, or tapping into that was a very powerful force. When you're, when you're standing on the edge of the ice at the North Pole, looking into the, this black, black water, um, in freezing conditions, you've got to have a very strong sense of purpose, a very strong why. Just explain how you had to reverse the psychology of that for Everest and why, and why it was so important to do that. Yeah, so as Lewis alluded to, usually we would get him into a highly enhanced, a peak state, if you like, before he, you know, dives into the water. And what we realized during the practice room was that he just wasn't getting enough oxygen into his lungs, that that particular approach, that strategy was not going to work for this environment. And it was a great lesson for us as a team um, because we learned that just because a strategy has worked in the past doesn't mean that it's going to always work depending on the circumstances that you're in. And so when we left the practice room that day, we realized that we were going to have to completely change our strategy. And I had done a lot of meditation. So I said to Lewis, right, we're going to get into this meditative state before you swim. And he looked at me as if I was crazy, I remember. He says, how do I do that? So I remember we hiked up to this lake. It was very difficult to get up to this, this lake. It's the highest lake in the world. And we hiked very slowly to make sure that he, he kept his heart rate down. And then when we got there, you know, he sat in a tent on the side of the lake and we did a little meditation um, just to make sure that his heart rate was low because then it meant that he was taking in less oxygen. And at that altitude, that made a huge difference. And so we had to completely change the strategy. Lewis sort of slid into the water rather than dived in and off he went. As he said, swimming breaststroke, he still had to do a mile. But of course, the challenge with that was that he exposed himself for longer in the water, which was also a great risk uh, at that temperature and at that altitude. I got lowered down into the water. It was absolutely terrifying. I thought I was going to do a, ki a kilometer swim. I did five minutes and I said to myself, I, I, I couldn't feel my hands. I couldn't feel my arms. It was the first time this ever happened. The conditions were so tough. I said to myself, if you don't get out right now, Lewis, you will never see Moscow. And it, in 35 years, I failed on three swims. And that was one of them. 
I'm incredibly conscious when I lower myself into the water, when I dive myself dive into the sea, that this could be the last last swim. Be under no illusions. I mitigate against the risk, not so much when I'm standing there about to dive into the water. I mitigate against the risk six months ahead of time when I choose the members of the team. Because if you choose the right people, right, the right boat driver, the right safety person, the right doctor, the right camera person, the right drone photographer, the right diver, if you choose the right people, you know that if things do go wrong, they'll make the very, very best decisions. All that having been said, I feel so passionate about protecting the oceans. I realize that this is the defining issue of our generation. We'll do whatever it takes now to try and get at least 30% of our oceans uh, fully protected now by 2030. This is my life's mission. And I hope, Georgie, to swim until the, the last day of my life. I think my most important tip would be to see the end result in your mind's eye uh, because that often forges the belief necessary to drive you forward. And by that, I mean get a very clear picture of what it is that you want in your mind's eye, make it as big and bright and bold and beautiful as possible. Um, And I think if you have that strong vision, that strong uh, pull towards that that outcome that you're looking for, that will stand you in very good stead. Whether it is walking around the neighborhood or running a marathon, whatever it might be, getting clear on that vision and seeing that end result in your mind's eye as clearly and vividly as possible, I think that's a simple thing that you can do to help reach one's goals, whatever they might be in life? In my mind, courage is a muscle. So courage is a muscle. So we need to exercise it on a daily basis. And if you don't, certainly when you get to my age, you soften up really, really quickly. And then you stop taking risks. And then you're on a slow road downhill. And so I think uh, one needs to exercise that muscle all the time, keep pushing boundaries uh, and surround yourself by people who are courageous. Because the flip side of it is that uh, fear is also uh, uh, is also very contagious. If you surround yourself by people who are worried and fearsome all the time, then equally you're not going to be able to do anything. So courage is really important, but you need to exercise it all the time. And then you'll be able to, to, to follow your dreams. 